Steve McAvoy here of the Get in the Hole podcast, joined by me as always, John Mavelia, your two new hosts. In case you haven't seen our faces, this is us. So we are here to now give you our live reactions of Kiwa Island, the PGA Championship this weekend. John, it was a wild, wild show, man. Let me tell you. It was it was everything we could have asked for more, right? I don't think anybody expected that. Um, even if you bet on Phil, I don't think you expected anything like that to happen. So it was crazy. Um, felt like sport yesterday in general. It felt like sports was back. Um, so it definitely felt like golf was back. So that was freaking awesome. And what's great about about the PGA Championship was that last year was pushed back. I think until like around actually June or July because of COVID. Colin Morikawa at uh, TBC Harding Park. And we've seen. These uh, municipal courses get used all the time now for the PGA, for the PGA, sometimes even for the U.S. Open, and and they really want to shake up the diversity in courses. And this one was, we already knew what was coming in. We knew it was the longest playing course in major history. It was over seventy hundred yards. We knew Rory coming in was the was the uh, the winner in twenty twelve. There, uh, we knew the wind was the wind was happening, but no one expected Phil Nicholson, fifty years old, to somehow come out and look. Look, let me tell you. It was not only quite possible the races for the headline. It came in at plus fifteen hundred or like three hundred to one odds uh, to win the whole thing. So first of all, I don't know. Congratulations, you made an absolute slap. But I, I think it's interesting because he literally walked through the belly of the beast, the biggest challenge in major history, and as the oldest player in the field next to John Daly, came out as a winner. Not, not, not to forget, John Daly finished. Actually, John Daly was. Uh, leading by by one after the first hole, mostly because of a chipsy uh, birdie. Stop. Stop. <laughs> that, like, but let's kind of break this down. Why is it getting so many headlines? Because it, it, it's more than the fact that Phil is a public figure for many young golfers like us. We already know that growing up for you and I, it was always Tiger and Phil. They were always the two big names. They were always the ones garnering the most attention from everyone. Uh, the generations prior had Arnold Palmer. They had Tony They had Ben Hogan. They had Jack Nicholas. The Gen Z group now kind of associate golf with Roy McIlroy and Jordan, Jordan Speed and Justin Thomas. But we grew up with Phil. And let's break down sort of what happened here. He hadn't won a major since 2013 at the uh, at the British Open. He didn't win a tournament since before COVID even happened in 2019. Since the restart, in in the 13 weeks that he had made the weekend, he had now he had only placed in the top 20 once. So his so his career was already declining. He was outside of the top 100 in the world. He joined the Tour Championship because it got to the point where he was unable to like stay serious uh, and hang and hang with the Brysons and the Jordans because he couldn't drive them. Well, he couldn't outdrive them, and he and he wasn't able to kind of get those consistent roles. So he ended up joining the senior circuit, but clearly it was way too easy because he because the first two tournaments he played in, he won and by serious strokes. And then I was reading a, um, an article from a professor of mine who uh, works at ESPN. He wrote about how Phil's transformation over the last few years has become more personality than player. And what I mean by that is it's been the thumbs up, the dancing, the long sleeve shirts, the commercials, the advertisements, the talking about his massive calves. Like it, it, the story hasn't necessarily been about Phil going out there and being professional and golfing, but it's been the sunglasses and the um, the promotional side of things. And through it all, though, this whole thing was that like Tiger 2019 Masters moment. And what I mean by that, it's that again. No one, no one's been more iconic in all of this 
than, than, than Tiger and Phil for all this time. We always link them together. And we saw that Phil was the next big thing when he came on tour in 92. Tiger, three years later, immediately took over the show and stole from him. And we see what the match, the celebrity face-offs, the commercial endorsements uh, that, that, that they both had. But no one has the gravitas like Tiger and the lefty. It's always been them the last 20 years. And the story's remarkable, and now he's here as the oldest major champion. He went into the belly of the beast, and he conquered it. And now in a couple of months, actually next month, he has to go and do something that has only happened twice in the last 21 years. Prior to that, didn't happen uh, until, until 1982. And that's when back-to-back -back majors, ironically enough, two people who have done in the last 21 years, was Bruce Kafka in 2018, the guy who he defeated today, uh, this weekend, and of course the infamous Tiger Slam back in 2000. So the story in and of itself is just absolutely incredible. But John, give me all your uh, takes about what, how big is this bill this weekend? Yeah, that was that was very well put and well said by you. Um, I mean, it was it was just awesome all around. Just to just to see him, you know, like you say, kind of he has his brand where he's joking around with fans, he's giving thumbs up, um, he's giving balls out to fans and stuff like that. And then he's going out and he, he's shooting under par. He's playing well in, in the tough conditions and he wins the whole thing, you know, and that's, that was insane. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't have any words for you. You really, really summed it up as perfectly as you could. I, I, I was more interested in how he did it. Um, and I think, I think a couple of experts made a couple of really good points throughout the weekend. And the biggest one was that, that Phil being a lefty, um, into the wind for those like that whole that stretch of holes from like six five or six through fourteen really really helped him out on the weekend especially um, and and I really and you you saw it on Sunday like most like really really prominently um, I really really thought Phil being a lefty helped him miss in a couple better spots than than you saw Usay's missing some rough spots then you saw Brooks miss in some rough spots and then he that would lead to a bogey double whatever it is, or, or an, an opportunity um, where, where Phil, Phil was just always ahead. You know what I mean? Um, so that, that's, that's what I saw all day. But outside of that, I'm not taking away anything from Phil. Obviously, that was awesome. Um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, to next him, him, him playing next week um, and then the U.S. Open, like you said. Well, actually, that's kind of an um, a interesting point that you bring up with the win because if, because you saw it in the final day uh, on Sunday, how the whole round played out. Wherever Phil missed, he actually didn't miss in very bad spots. I remember, um, and, and we're going to get into these defining moments of him winning because obviously every single uh, major winner, there has to be that one thing uh, that mm -hmm. puts him over the top. Like Colin Morikawa, his, uh, his huge, abominable drive on 15 that got him the, uh, the, eagle, the eagle for the lead. That's going to uh, go into into his record forever. But for Phil, if you notice, I believe it was on um, 11. He had a really rough tee shot. It landed almost by the tent area with all the fans and um, some stupid fan literally picked up his ball. Uh, but look, look, that moment itself, though, you notice he didn't really have a, have a bad lie. That that cut of rough, pretty deep as it was, really wasn't that bad. And he was able, able to swing, swing a solid four iron only about 120 yards out. So he had a really good lie out on that. Even wherever he would miss on, on, on the left side, a lot of bunker play was really his uh, his thing. And again, the, the quote-unquote defining moment, you know, let's kind of just uh, get into that right now, was on that fifth hole. Um, after the tournament, uh, in an interview, he said that his brother, his brother and caddy Tim, walked over to him and said, "Hey, you're not really, you aren't taking committed shots. You got to kind of focus in, and every shot you got to commit to it and believe in it." And 
on that fifth hole, he had a bunker shot from about uh, 30 yards off the green. And Vern Lundquist uh, said it best. He ended up holding out and literally, uh, Vern goes, oh, my gracious. And it's kind of that, like, plea to the golf gods, like, oh, my God, he's going to do this. And we still have 13 holes to fight. But that was really, like, the, the defining moment for, for a lot of people. And, uh, and still said it. And that was really his first committed shot. But, again, he's missing left. He's missing in those really good places. And then really uh, carried him to the wind. Plus, also, also, the wind was carrying towards the right side for the, for the majority of the weekend. It actually really mm-hmm. helped him out uh, in his favor. So, everything, everything sort of worked out. But casting away from Phil, we, we had to focus in on the one guy who he was supposed to almost get bullied by uh, the, the 20-something-year-old Brooks Kepka. And I'm not going to say he blew it. Um, he sort of choked. Not really. The double on two was really kind of the, um, the almost the nail on the coffin when you really think about it, considering he, the whole round kind of blew up from there. But what was the key to Brooks um, and his kind of decline on Sunday? Yeah, I think I think Brooks, like, he tries to come off. Um, at least when, when, he, when he first came on the scene, I shouldn't say first came on the scene, but when he first started winning majors and multiple majors, he tried to come off as this guy who was like super mentally tough. Uh, he only plays in majors. He only shows up for majors. He doesn't freaking practice. He just shows up for majors and he wins and he doesn't give a shit about anything else. Right. And that's that that's kind of like the, the kind of uh, brand and vibe that he tried to give off. And I think yesterday um, we, we saw that that's that's not entirely true. Um, I, I do believe that he wasn't 100% healthy, which does make what he did over the weekend coming tied for second impressive. You know, I'm not taking anything away from him there. Um, but I was more impressed with his physical toughness than his mental toughness because I don't, I don't believe he's 100% healthy. I don't believe he's 50% or anything, but he's probably close to 100, but I don't think he's fully there. Um, so I think his physical toughness showed off more than his mental toughness. Um, but I don't. I don't think I could take anything away from him necessarily. The only thing that I, that I saw, and he and he um, alluded to this towards the very end, was that uh, if you noticed, the last, those last three holes was literal anarchy. Like people were swarming Phil. And um, yeah, he didn't Brooks, get rattled though. He didn't get rattled. Well, Brooks made a couple of comments, especially on the 18th hole. You noticed that uh, he he believe 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 he bogeyed the hole, um, mm-hmm. or or he might have parted, but he missed a uh, a short five foot uh, putt. And he said afterwards that the fans just wouldn't shut up. And, if, and you notice that on 17, mostly, um, he said he lined up his tee shot and he walked off twice to kind of like regroup himself. And I think a lot of it was because the fans were so um, antsy just to get Phil into the tee box because because uh, Brooks was leading off that it kind of rattled him a little bit. Um, to no fault of his own, it, it, I think it's I think a lot of it is because the fans are now starting to come back and. This was the first major, the first true major with fans. I, I get it, the Masters, but it's a lot more civilized. I feel at Augusta because of the, because of the mm-hmm. um, the prominence of it. I think once you get to the to the Open and the U.S. Open, and then uh, the, the PGA Championship, it gets a little more hectic. So mm-hmm. fandom was definitely a, a problem. But I'm not going to give any um, downside to Brooks. He comes in and he tried his hardest. He was able to. Also, not to forget, he's coming off an injury. So I, I do think that that in the future he's going to be able to come back stronger, uh, stronger and better. But he was absolutely murdering the ball uh, today. But then again, so was Phil. Phil had everything yeah. going for him. He outgrew, he outdrove everyone. He outdrove Bryson DeChambeau. That was, that was the coolest thing, right? I thought that like, was cool. I, like I don't give a crap that it was 11 mile an hour uh, to his back. Like he was still crushing mm-hmm. the golf ball. Yeah. It was, it, it was a great story, but. A couple of other uh, funny things from Kiwa to kind of wrap up our quick little recap. We're already 11 minutes in. 
Um, I heard a funny story, and, and I want to get into uh, some of these other thoughts that we had. But um, I don't know if you heard anything about the driving range at Kiwa Island. Support for the Get in the Hole podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Guys, you want the best clubs in your bag when you're hitting the course, and you want the best men's grooming tools you possibly can have when you're shaving your balls. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped, just like how your elite clubs don't make you shank the ball off the tee. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming, just like your putting game. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, which is about as quickly as Bryson DeChambeau's tee-offs with his driver, Travel. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right, get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. No. What? what so, tell me more. So apparently, the driving range of Kiwa Island is located directly in the middle of the compound. So, like, where the where the clubhouse is, right next to it is the range, which which seems pretty typical, right? But sandwiched between the two courses. So there. So so the front nine goes all the way out and loops back towards the ocean, and then the mm-hmm. same thing happens on the on the back nine. It loops back out mainland and back into the ocean. But the problem is with the wind. It could either be going super severe left, super severe right, and what might be a perfect 300-yard drive that you're going to practice might look like a 220-yard slice. So what ended, what ended up happening was players had players were not using the range whatsoever. They would literally they'd be out there for five minutes doing chipping. Oh, because they're hitting because they're hitting into side wind or yeah. instead of okay, I got you. And yeah, John I, Rahm, actually, I didn't hear that. I could see how players would complain about that. Though. Well, I would complain about that to be honest. Well, it's funny because John Rom said uh, after day three that I do not want to be here. Like he was like he was livid. At the conditions and everything, but like then again, that was the beauty of what Kiwa Island gave us. Like think about it, Kiwa Island has given us the oldest major champion, 
Rory's possibly best performance ever. If you uh, if you remember from 2012, he won. The guy won by seven strokes. Like he was on, he was on par. He was terrific. And now apparently the Ryder Cup is gonna is gonna potentially go there. So Kiwa Island's given us a lot of really yeah. good stuff. I I would and I would mind. I think it was I think Nick Faldo said yesterday that this is a course that we're gonna see continuously over the years. And I wouldn't I, would, I wouldn't have an issue with that at all. I wouldn't mind it. It's a really I, exciting course. Kiwa Island very well could be one of those like every four years courses. Like it like yeah. it, it, at least it, once a decade. At least once a decade. It, it could definitely go into the into the rotation of like our uh, our native Beth Page Black or the um Shinnecock Hills. Like those are consistent yeah. consistent courses that are always uh, coming up in the in the analog Liberty National is another one. Moving out Tory Pines uh, next month for the U.S. Open. Uh, yeah. that, that second week of June, it's probably going to be, be the same kind of thing. These courses have been absolutely incredible uh, over the last few weeks. But John, is there are there any final thoughts about uh, Kiwa that you had? Anything that kind of stood out from the weekend? Um, no, I I think we touched everything. I think um, yeah, pretty sure we got everything. I I just think the, the win, it was just interesting to see everything play out on Sunday. Especially when you saw them make that turn from how you say that the front nine goes, what is it, the east or north, yeah, and then they come back it goes west and then back and then north into, east. The, into the wind for those nine holes was just nuts. Um, that that was just that, that just adds um, ten times more onto any any major. Um, so I really appreciated Key Island for that. I did want to talk about one thing really quick. Um, it was on it was on a par three. John Rahm was teeing off. Um, I don't remember which hole, um, but he, he didn't, he didn't hit the, it was into, I believe it was into the wind. He didn't hit the best shot. He came up short. He landed a bunker. And I don't know if you remember seeing this, but he, he hit the microphone. He was upset. So he hit the clue. He took his glove and he hit the microphone that was to the left of him. Um, and a lot of people were like calling him out for him being like, this has no place in golf. Well, yada, yada. So I, I just want to talk about that kind of like, um, this out. I, I just wanted to have a little fun debate and get your thoughts on that. Um, did you end up actually seeing that or no? Yeah. So, well, actually, it's funny you say that because the other thing that I that I took away took away was the uh, the Phil drone incident. Uh, tr- 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 trying to like get the overhead shot, he was like, he was like, get the fucking drone drone out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see this shit. So he was he was right. livid about that. Um, but yeah. then, then like, but like there were so many like funny little like meme things that happened, and yeah. John Rom thing kind of fits that mold because didn't he also break his uh his club too? No, that was somebody else. Um, that was. I don't want to say it was Alex Noren. So, it was it's somebody so, else. Someone broke their club. John Rom hit the mic. Phil Phil uh, used to work for the drone, and then of course uh, Sebastian Munoz with his little spin on uh, on Kobe, trying literally <laughs> setting a drive 320 yards to a trash can. A trash can. That was funny. Then he gives it to the fan. Fan. Imagine. Here's my thing. Imagine receiving anything out of a trash can, Steve. You're giving literally anything out of a trash can. You go, oh, oh my god, I got a trash can. How do you how do you respond that way to something given to you out of a trash can? I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I'm more I'm more interested in, in getting the reaction of someone who is who is there on the green, like trying to like see it, and all of a sudden you hear you hear like a Houston Astros trash can bang, and you're like, what, what, uh, what was that? And they're like, okay, oh, so wait, the best just freaking sent one to the moon. Like I, it, may be, I may be butchering this guy's last name, but it was Eric Van Eric Van Royen is is the guy. Yeah, who's very good, Eric Van Royen. So, um, my take on that, I have a little bit of a different take on that. Um, Rom thing. I I I don't mind golf. Golf is a frustrating sport. I you know me. I uh I don't normally opt for the for the 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 
what is it, horizontal club swing directly into the ground. I'm more of a tomahawk guy, you know. Oh, yeah. So you don't do any damage to your club. You've seen me out there, you know. Of course, yeah. Uh, the Getting the Whole Podcast is also sponsored by our friends at Tomahawk Shades. The best in the business. You guys want a quality product for an affordable price. Our friends at Tomahawk Shades are providing you with the best blue light plus technology in the game and the most comfortable sunglasses that will ever grace your face. You don't want the sun getting in your eyes when you're about to tee off on hole number one to screw up your entire round of golf. That's why our friends at Tomahawk Shades are revolutionizing the sunglasses game to the nines. Head over to TomahawkShades.com right now and sign up for their rewards program. Start earning Hawk points today. When you sign up, you're getting points for free. You follow them on Facebook and Instagram through the site when you sign up for Hawk points. Easy money right there. You get points right off the bat. You celebrate a birthday like I do soon. Easy points right there. It's such an easy way to earn and it becomes free money for you to spend on Tomahawk Shades website. Guys, the sunglasses I wear each and every day only cost me $30. Why would you go and spend a whole two weeks paycheck on a pair of sunglasses when you can get the same quality for a fraction of the price? So head over to TomahawkShades.com right now and at checkout, use the code USP to save yourself 25% off your order. And if your order is over $75, it qualifies for free shipping. That's promo code USP at checkout to save yourself $25 off your order. And if that order is over $75, it qualifies for free shipping. And every dollar you spend translates into more Hawk points. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for a quality product at an affordable price. So obviously you... You and I, I get frustrated all the time playing 18 holes, you know. So imagine how these guys, these guys are frustrated. So I don't, I never mind these guys showing emotion. Um, there's a line, and I think, I think when he broke his club in the way he did, I thought, um, so he hit the marker. I didn't think that you can't really hit the marker. You can't do that. Yeah. And then he broke his club, and maybe there were people in the way, maybe there weren't. I couldn't tell from the angle of the video. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was that was a little bit too far. Um, I won't want to say it doesn't have a place in sport, in the game, um, but it was definitely not the best look for him. But on on the other hand, Rom hitting a microphone with his club, um, you know, p- players get frustrated all the time. He tapped the freaking microphone. If you're going to get upset about that, get upset about it. But the only thing um, is, like, it, it isn't baseball where you, you you've seen players like Brett Gardner go to the matches uh, <laughs> bad against the uh, helmet red yeah. black. Like that that that's one thing to get frustrated over a strikeout. But golf's a little more of a gentleman's game. I don't want to sound too. Um, too old school because I know in baseball there's been a constant debate of the 3 0 uh swinging situation, but yes. at the same time, though, I think it's important to to take note here that golf has always kind of been a more gentleman's game, and it's one thing to curse, it's another thing to break your club and go a wall. And, yeah. and, and we've already seen two two broken clubs at two straight majors, so uh, things might carry on. We saw, I believe it was uh, Siwoo Kim did it, uh, yeah. He, 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 just, he just put it into the ground. I have no problem with somebody like breaking the club over their knee or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's just your that's just your own fault. That's something you have to deal with now. My only but, final like, thought. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I, I was just saying it's it's a difference between putting somebody in danger when you 
when you full out swing club with that much lag into the ground and it goes flying as yeah. opposed to just breaking it over your knee or something like that. But go ahead. So the only, the only other th thing I want to make note of, and I think this, this is one of the most underplayed things uh, this week, is look at the leaderboard. Mm -hmm. I get it, Phil won. But can we acknowledge that in the top five, there was Phil, Louie. By the way, if you haven't seen Kyle Porter's Twitter on CBS, he, he talked about, about Louis Ousey's full name, like, in, in depth. It's, in, it's incredible. I, I cannot say it now because I have no idea what it is. It's something absolutely ridiculous. But I'm not going to watch it, man. But Phil, Louis, Kepka, Patrick Arrington was crazy. That was we're awesome. talking guys 50, 38 after the Brooks, 30, uh, 38 yeah. is Harrington, Harry Higgs, Paul Casey. Like These mm. are some old players that mm. really kind of showed up. And I think it shows that the veteran presence – uh, regardless of whether or not of, of whether or not you played the course, even when you're old, unless you're Sandy Lyle or John Daly shooting 20, 25 over, you still have some sort of uh, ability at these courses. And I think when Tiger won in twenty nineteen at the Masters, it showed that that the veteran knowledge of courses and, and understanding a bunch of different lies and reads really do help you. Uh, and and it showed now to Phil that. Although sometimes major winners and big and big all-time names aren't necessarily the best once they're older in their careers, lightning strikes in a bottle almost instantly. And if it happens, then it's they're hard to stop. So that was the only uh, only other thing I took away. Patrick Harrington finishing top tie for fourth is absolutely incredible. Speaking of those leaderboards, we had a little uh, fun in our first episode, and and, and we're gonna this is gonna be a uh, a defining uh, thing of the show that we're gonna do. Uh, for recent weeks to come. So we have picked our fade top 20, 10, five, and a winner. And so every single week, every, every week, we're going to take our winners and losers. We're going to see uh, who ends up beating our projections. And at the end of the year, we're going to make some sort of a bet. We're going to figure out what that's going to be, whether or not we uh, buy, buy each other around, do some weird prank thing. Uh, so long as I don't have to, so long as I don't have to, to uh, take the SAT, I'll be happy. But, <laughs> But uh, so far, so far this week, I want to acknowledge how horrible I did. Um, Sam Burns withdrew after five holes. So. Yeah, but that's not that's not necessarily knocking it. Well, yeah. What do you need to withdraw with? Uh, back injury was it? Yeah, he had a back injury. So, so Sam Burns withdrew. So I'm going to knock that up as like the um, the the tie yeah. in the NFL. So, so I'm I'm o o and one at that point. But just about everybody uh, kind of flopped for us. Xander Shoffley missed the cut. Dustin Johnson missed the cut. Jordan Spieth. Was good, but but he didn't finish that top five placement. Daniel Berger was absolutely horrific, and I was shocked. On that first day, he was. He 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 went. He shot. He he posted a good score on on Saturday, but or no, on Friday, excuse me. But that first day, yeah, he was yeah, no, six no, no, six over on that first day. I be, I believe he made made the cut. Correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. so he made the cut, but, but he finished he finished ten over. He shot a 79, 69, 74, 76. So three tough days, especially to, uh, towards the weekend. But then again, the weekend really kind of showed that no one really played that well. Uh, so my picks essentially all flopped. The only one that I uh, got correct, and we can debate this, is I, I said the fade Rory McIlroy. He ended up finishing uh, at three over. So yeah, that's if, fair. If, if we consider that, if we can consider the consider it a fade, I said going into the show that I do, I, I do expect him to make the weekend, but not do anything crazy. So we're going to – is that counting as a win or does fading mean miss the cut? I mean, it depends how you look at it. Like, I chose Victor Hovland as my fate. He finished, like, around tied for 30, around there. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say I did great, you know, picking him, but I wouldn't say I did all. It depends how you look at it. It's hard to define a fate. 
So we, right. I don't know. I don't know if you want to assign a record to it because that. But all right. Know. All right. So you know what? Let's let's do this from now on. This is our new rule uh, for phase. If we say that we're going to but not play, it's like top thirty. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll 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 specify. This got a player A misses cut. Player B um plays outside top twenty five, top thirty. Yeah, exactly. All right. So yeah. so we'll drop up Rory as a win for me. Finished fifty tied tied for fiftieth at plus five. The only one who actually hit though. And this is pretty impressive. You picked Shane Lowry for a top twenty. He finished in the top five. Yeah, I was gonna pick. I was gonna pick him top ten. I originally, I'm watching. I'm watching the weekend, and I thought, I thought I had Keegan Bradley top twenty, and I thought I had him top ten. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. I'm gonna get two on Steve. I'm gonna get two on Steve. And I realized, I realized I had the opposite, which is fine. Um, but yeah, no, I, he was. He was just. He's. He's one of those older, experienced players. Um, and going into the weekend, he was like. You know, he he did say that these conditions remind him a lot of of open conditions. Um, we know how good he is in the at the at the uh, British Open. Um, and so just he's, he's the fact that he's a good win player. Um, and, and he's a strategy golfer. I like his game. Um, he was he was too easy to, for me to pick. Um, for not for me not to pick him at twenty, I should have picked him at ten. Well, Keegan Bradley though did he did finish seventeenth, so he came really close to that to that projection at a top ten. If only you had moved him around, you could have gone. One up. So, we're, so we're tied after one week. We each have have one win. Uh, Boy, give me give me Victor Hovland if you're gonna get your fade. Well, think about it though. Ho- Hovland finished top, finished top thirty. Rory finished finished fiftieth. Okay. Well, I I just didn't think Victor Hovland was gonna finish top twenty. All right. You know what? We'll, we'll debate this off screen because we're already we're already sort of sort of dragging it out. I'm going two and one, guys. And, two and, one. and we're gonna get you guys the ranking soon. All I know is that that because of the uh, Burns withdrawal. I, I get a half game, so uh, so that's kind of uh, a, a teeter for me. But of course, hey, look, I'm gonna take every win I can get because if I lose everything, at the very least, I make it up the rules as it goes along. You make it's the same in our fantasy leagues. He does this stuff. <laughs> look, look, we'll debate it. We'll update the scores. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get you all that, but folks. That's going to do it for a recap episode here of the PGA Championship. Of course, be sure to follow us here on Twitter and on, and on Instagram at Get In The Whole Pod. We want to give a huge shout-out to our sponsors at Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Vodka. I actually had a Stateside Vodka um, the other day, and it was delicious. Did you really? I've been, I've yeah. been, I, I looked into it online. I was like, how can I How can I find one of these? How can I get one? Because I'm, I'm, I mean, that's that's one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my entire life. I found it at a convenience store while I was walking to oh, yeah. uh, to, to our friend Grant's apartment uh, down on Wall Street. Yeah, oh, so I found it. I found it. At, I found it at a store uh, in Manhattan, probably because they're in close proximity to Philly, anyway. So we're not going to find it at, out by us on Long Island. But hey, you know what, man? It was really good. I got the uh, charge electrolytes. It was it, it, it was bomb. But again, Manscaped, Tomahawk Shade, Stateside Vodka. Go give them some love. We want to give a huge shout out to them for making this show absolutely incredible. Once again, folks, I'm Stephen McAvoy, John Mavalia. Thank you all for tuning in to the Get in the Whole Recap Recap episode. We release a show every single week. So get ready. We are going to look at Colonial next. We're going to try and shoot that out either tomorrow or by Wednesday. We're going to get you all of our picks, analysis, and thoughts for that one, folks. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Get in the Whole podcast, a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get in the Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Shout out to our sponsors over at Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, and Stateside Vodka for all their support in making underground sports your go-to place for all things sports. They get in the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. 
releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time. Get in the hole!